Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for giving us your word. It is such a privilege and an honour to have it before us. But Lord, we do need your help if we are to understand it. We are so often blind and deaf and stiff-necked towards your word. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit may soften our hearts this morning so that we respond to what you have said. Lord, strengthen us by your Spirit so that we may be able to put into practice what we read in your word so that we may live like your children as we are. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think most of us would agree that a relationship that we have with someone else is always healthy where there is good communication. When there's poor communication, there's a level of frustration that comes up. And I notice this particularly with my son Joshua at the moment, because he's only 15 months and he still can't talk. But he, can, he has desires and he has wants. But his communication is very poor. And so his communication when he wants something is pretty much just a pointing finger and a um, 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 like a seagull towards what he wants. But often that's like the entire dining room table, which if your dining room table is anything like ours, means there's a lot of stuff on it. And so he can point in the general direction, um, 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 I want that, and you hold up this, and it's like, uh, he can shake his head quite well, um, and no, not this, and he continues, and you have to hold up everything in turn, the juice bottle, the biscuits, the uh, usually it is the chocolate that he ends up pointing to, that was what he was after all along, but yes, he can go through the fruit, no, 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 and there's a frustration that I feel, and there's a frustration that he feels, I can tell, he's like, no, I want that, and he continues pointing. When communication is poor, the relationship is poor. There is frustration that comes up. And I think everyone recognises the importance of good communication, not just me and my son, but everyone. You see that with advertisers. If they can communicate effectively, they can have a healthy relationship with the consumer and hopefully the consumer will buy what they're advertising. Politicians know the importance of effective communication. If they communicate very poorly with uh, the citizens, they won't get the votes that they're after. Employers and employees know the importance of a good communication between them. And marriages, uh, poor marriages are those ones that often don't have very good communication between uh, the spouses. And families know that, as I've illustrated with my, friend, uh, with my son Joshua. And then even friendships. Friendships can disintegrate very quickly if there is poor communication between the friends. The question is, does the health of our relationship with God have anything to do with good communication? Does the health of our relationship with God even depend upon good communication? I think yes. If God hasn't communicated with us, we cannot know him. Can we? We can't know anything about him unless he communicates to us. And the question then is, is has God communicated with you? Has he communicated? And the author of Hebrews opens his book very clearly with the statement that God has spoken. We're beginning a new series in the book of Hebrews. Uh, I don't know how many weeks we'll spend in it. Uh, I'm just working on one verse today, so we certainly won't be getting through the whole book, I don't think, uh, in one go. But today we're looking at verse 1 of chapter 1 of the book of Hebrews. And if you've got a black church Bible, that's found on page 1184. 
1184, 1184. And I encourage you to have it open as we look at this first verse of Hebrews where he opens it up with the statement that in the past God spoke. God has spoken to our forefathers. God has spoken. What does this mean, that God has spoken? My first main point is that God has spoken, but what does this mean? Well, there's some presuppositions that come into play if someone speaks. Firstly, it means that they exist. You don't get speech out of a vacuum. Speech implies that someone exists if they are speaking. The other thing that it presupposes is that that God thinks. People who don't think don't speak intelligibly, do they? If you can't think, you don't say much that other people can hear and communicate with. It presupposes that God is not just there, but he's a wise God. He's a thinking God. So we have the presupposition that God exists. We have the presupposition that God thinks. And so that means that God of the Bible is not like a lot of the other gods that we see throughout the world and throughout history, particularly dumb idols. Idols, they may exist, but they don't think, and so they don't speak. You don't have idols suddenly chatting to you in the home if you've got a little shrine set up for one. The idol isn't going to speak to you, and so it proves that the idol isn't thinking. So there's these two presuppositions about God. When it says he has spoken... It means he exists, and it means he thinks if he's going to speak. But what does it say about humans that God has spoken? What does it say about us? What are some presuppositions about us? Well, it's firstly presupposed that you can hear God, that when he speaks, you can hear. Otherwise, he wouldn't bother speaking. If he's a thinking God, he wouldn't waste his breath on someone who can't actually hear him. And the other thing is that you should be listening. When someone speaks... They presuppose that you're not just going to hear, but that you're going to listen to what they've got to say. If you don't, that's the height of rudeness, isn't it? If you speak to someone and you know they can hear you and they don't listen, they're being quite rude. You often see this if someone you're trying to catch the attention of, who you know has a problem with you, and you call out after them and you know they can hear you, but they just keep walking. They can hear you, but they're being incredibly rude because they're not listening to you. They're not turning around and responding to you as you call out to them. So God has spoken, and that comes with the presuppositions that he exists, that he thinks, and that we hear, and that we should be listening. So what's the purpose of God then speaking to us? Well, the purpose is that he wants a relationship with you. That's why you speak to someone. You're trying to develop a relationship with them. You either want them to do something. You want them to uh, to start communicating back to you. You want a relationship with that person. But how do we know God has spoken? The author of the Hebrews says that here. He says, God, in the past, God spoke. But does he stop there? Does he prove his case? Is it enough for him to say, God spoke and then move on to the next verse? No, he tells us how God has spoken. And so my second main point this morning is that God has spoken through the prophets. 
God has spoken through the prophets. And he says this in verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. So the author of Hebrews is telling us here that when the prophets speak in the Old Testament, they are speaking God's words. They're not just speaking man's words, they're speaking God's words. Now, who are the prophets in the Old Testament? Well, there are, of course, those people who are named as prophets. We have the major and minor prophets of the Old Testament, and then we have people like Moses are called a prophet, David's called a prophet. Who are the prophets? Can we narrow them down? Well, I think the author of Hebrews here is saying that basically the whole of the Old Testament is one great prophecy from God. All the authors of the Old Testament are prophets because they speak the very words of God. What does it mean to be a prophet? Well, lots of people think that it means to just tell the future, and that's part of being a prophet. But the prophet, in essence, is a mouthpiece of God. And so all the authors of the Bible, of the Old Testament there, they are prophets because they're telling what God has said But how often has God spoken through the prophets? He's spoken through the prophets. How often did that happen? The Old Testament, was it all in one go? We have other religions where they have a prophet who basically gives the entire book in one go. The prophet Joseph Smith with the Book of Mormon. They do affirm the the Old and New Testament, but their primary book is the Book of Mormon. Joseph Smith is the prophet who had one revelation in one big hit. And Muhammad, the prophet of Islam. Yes, they affirm the, the Old Testament and New Testament, although we have, as Christians, uh, have uh, damaged it in some way. And so that's why they don't see it as authoritative, uh, what we read in our Bibles. Their main revelation is given at one time, one period, to the prophet Muhammad. Is that the case for Christianity? Has God spoken in one period to one man like Joseph Smith or Muhammad? No, the author of Hebrews tells us that God has spoken many times. And that's my third main point this morning. God has spoken at many times. Verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times. Again and again and again, God spoke, bit by bit by bit. So he didn't just speak to Adam and Eve in the garden, and that was it after they died. There was no revelation from God anymore. No, he continues to speak to people. He speaks to Abraham. He speaks to Noah. He speaks to Moses. He speaks to Joshua. He speaks through and to David. He continues to speak again and again through the Old Testament, right through to Elijah in the, and Elisha in the books of the Kings and the Chronicles, and then with Ezra and Nehemiah, we see God speaking through these authors as they write those books and as they have direct revelation from God. God speaks again and again, bit by bit. He doesn't give just in one period. He speaks frequently. What does this mean, though? Why would God speak again and again? Why does he do that? Why does he speak at many times? Well, I think this tells us that God is an effective communicator. He communicates again and again because he's an effective communicator. If you think about a bad marriage, what makes a bad marriage? Poor communication often is the key to why a marriage is bad. And so you think, 
how terrible a marriage would be, a relationship, if the last thing you ever said to your wife or your husband was, I do. And then you never communicated again. There wasn't communication many times in your marriage. It was just once. It'd be a very poor relationship. And the spouses would be very poor communicators. But God is a good communicator. And so he communicates again and again and again. He's trying to have a relationship with us and so with, with mankind. And so he communicates again and again. He doesn't just leave it at one revelation at one time. No, he's getting in the face of humanity and saying, listen to what I have to say. I'm not just going to speak once. I'm going to speak again and again to you. So God has spoken. He's spoken through the prophets. He's spoken at many times. But in what ways has God spoken? In what ways has God spoken? And that brings me to my fourth main point this morning. God has spoken in various ways. Look at verse 1. It says, in, par- in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. God doesn't speak in the same way every time. He speaks in various ways. If you read your Old Testament, you know this quite clearly. God speaks through angels, like with Abraham. Abraham has angels come and visit him and speak to him. God speaks through visions and dreams. Many of the prophets in the Old Testament experience that. But Daniel is a very clear example. He continues to have visions and dreams again and again. God speaks out of burning bushes. With Moses, God speaks with thundering and lightning and the sound of trumpets and smoke at Mount Sinai with Moses. God even speaks out of the mouth of a donkey with Balaam. He speaks in various ways. He even uses animals to talk. He's really trying to get our attention. He speaks in a still, small voice, a gentle whisper with Elijah. He speaks with exciting and gripping historical narrative that really grabs you so that you can't put the book down. Every time I come to my Bible reading plan, I, try and I read through the Bible every year and I have these sections that are mapped out for me for the whole year. And when I get to the end of Genesis with Joseph, I just can't help it. I read ahead and, I, I just, and so the next few days I don't read from that section of the Bible. I have to do my other readings because I've read ahead, or Esther. You can't, you seriously can't read two chapters of Esther and not finish. It's gripping stuff. And the book of 1 Samuel with, the, with David running around from Saul and, and his battles, as a kid, it was really gripping stuff. God speaks in various ways. How else does he speak? He speaks with symbols. Hosea has the remarkable symbol of marrying a prostitute. That's really trying to get your attention, that Hosea would go back to his wife after she has lived a life of prostitution to illustrate how God will take back an adulterous people who've worshipped other gods. He's really getting our attention with that symbol with Hosea. What other ways? With parables and metaphors, he continues to speak with Ezekiel. Ezekiel has the 
many different metaphors and parables of eagles and two adulterous sisters, which is um, very powerful language, um, probably uh, a passage, uh, one of the passages that I probably would never have read out in public comes from Ezekiel. God uses very strong, even what some people would say is crude language there, with a parable to get people's attentions. He's speaking in various ways. He speaks with poetry, like Song of Songs, very interesting language there that often uh, people like to read through and wonder why this is in the Bible. It doesn't seem to be in accordance with the way that God usually speaks. He's speaking in a different way there. He speaks with proverbs of wisdom, like Solomon. He speaks with the songs and prayers of the Psalms. He speaks with the laments of the prophet Jeremiah, the poor bloke. He's always crying. He's always upset. The weeping prophet. And if he wrote Lamentations, we see that there. He is so upset about what has happened to the kingdom. But that's God speaking in another way. He speaks with laws. Don't do this. Do this. He speaks in a different way there when he gives the Ten Commandments and he gives all those laws in Leviticus. That's God still speaking there. He speaks with promises, like the promises that he gives to David, that your kingdom will always endure. Your son will always be on the throne. He speaks with arguments, questions and answers. You read something like Malachi, and it's back and forth. God says this, and you say, how? And he goes back and forth. He speaks in that way. He speaks with the apocalyptic language of prophets like Zechariah and Daniel, where you have these amazing things happening. You're going, what's going on here? God speaks in various ways. And this is not to mention the fact that God has spoken also through his son, That's going to be the points that we're going to look at in the next few weeks, that the final revelation of God is through his son. The best revelation is through his son. But I thought this week we'd just concentrate on the first verse because there's so much depth there as to how God has spoken through the Old Testament. And we can't, as Christians, neglect the Old Testament. It is a very valuable book. It has God speaking in various ways, in ways that we don't find in the New Testament at all. God speaks in various ways there. And the author of the Hebrews, although he says uh, Jesus is the better revelation, the final revelation there, he loves his Old Testament very much. He quotes the Old Testament all the time. Some people say the best commentary on your Old Testament is to read the book of Hebrews. He loves the Old Testament. So why does God speak in all these various ways? Well, just for the same reason that he speaks again and again. He is an effective communicator. He knows that if he speaks in various ways, he's going to have more ability to grab people's attention. He's an effective communicator, just like if a bad marriage would be one where there's poor communication because the people speak in the same way all the time. Imagine if my marriage was one where I always spoke to my wife with commands and in no other way at all. Do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. Would that be a healthy marriage? Would I be a healthy communicator speaking in one way all the time? No, if I want to communicate with her and be in a relationship with her, I, I take other ways of communication. I, I, you can sing to your wife. I, I do sing to Jill on occasion, but that doesn't necessarily say that I love her, does it? Um, she has to put up with that. You can send her poetry. Uh, you don't have to write it yourself. You can 
Uh, you can steal other people's uh, poetry. You can uh, pray with her, just like God gives us prayers. You can pray with your wife or your, um, your husband as a way of communicating your love and being a good communicator with them. You can debate with your wife about different subjects, and I do this with Jill, uh, and it's part of being a good communicator. And we can make promises. These can be big promises like, I will never leave you till death do we part. But even promises like, I'll be home at 5.45. And then you fulfill that promise. If we're good communicators and want a good relationship, we communicate in various ways. And God is a great communicator. He has communicated in many different ways. He is trying to get the attention of mankind and say, I am here and I want your attention. Just like Joshua, when he wants something, it does start out with the mm, mm, mm and the pointing of the finger, but then it gets louder and louder, greater volume, greater ways, and then it starts to shriek. You know he's getting your attention because he's changed the way he is speaking, the way he is communicating with you, and it's the same with God. He wants your attention because he has communicated with you in various ways. But what's the message that he's giving? He's gone to all this trouble to speak, to speak at many times, using the prophets, and to speak in various ways. What's the message that he's trying to get across to mankind? Well, that brings me to my fifth main point. God has spoken, repent and believe. The recurring teaching of God again and again in various ways is that you are sinners, you have sinned against me. Repent of your sins and believe in me. Believe I exist, believe I have sent my son and believe that he has died for your sins. God's message for mankind is repent and believe in me. And then he says, once you've done that, continue to listen to me. Read my word, read the various ways that I've spoken, allow me to speak to you and live a life of repentance and faith and obedience to me to show that you are truly one of mine. So God has spoken through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Have you listened? Or do you claim that you don't believe in God because he hasn't spoken? Many people do this. They say, I'll believe in God when he speaks to me, when he appears before me and then talks. I will believe then. If that's you... Understand that he has spoken and he's given you his word. He is trying to get your attention through the word and he wants you to listen. If that is you, if you've never listened to the voice of God before, I beg you go home and read your Bible. If you don't have one, see me afterwards and I'll give you one. Read your Bible. And listen to God's voice there. Pray to him and say, if you are there, O God, listen and allow me to hear your voice as I read your word right now. 
And if you don't know where to start, because it is a book, big book, he has spoken it many times in various ways, which means it's quite a solid book to read, and you don't know where to start, start with Genesis, chapter 1, and read chapter 1, 2, and 3, and look at how God has created the world and why we are the way we are. And even in Genesis 3, it points to Jesus Christ as the one to come and to save mankind from their sin. So read Genesis 1 to 3. Read Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 is a great passage to hear the voice of God speaking about his son. Other two passages you might want to read are Psalm 32 and Psalm 51. Psalm 32 and Psalm 51. Read through those and listen to the voice of God as he talks about the state we're meant to be of repentance and coming before God and giving our sins over to him and asking for forgiveness. But if you've listened to God before and you do affirm that you have repented and believed, do you continue to listen to God? Is there an ongoing relationship between you and God? Or is your relationship with God kind of like he spoke to you once and then that's been it? Like the marriage that says, I do, and then that's all over. You never hear from the voice of your spouse again. That's a terrible relationship to be in with God if that's you. Listen to God continually. Come before his word and listen to his voice. Read it again and again. Treasure it for what it is, the voice of God. And it's not like other writings from other religions. It is wonderful that we have it in these various ways. It is profound stuff. If you read the Quran, which I encourage all believing Christians to have a look at, read through the Quran and then seriously compare it to the Bible and see the difference that is there. The various ways that God has spoken is incredible and it is a real treasure. Continue to listen to the voice of God. God has spoken. Have you listened and do you continue to listen to him? Let us speak with him now. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have spoken through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Lord, it is such a wonderful thing to know that you do exist, that you are a thinking God, and that you are really trying to communicate with us and have us be in relationship with you. Lord, we pray that if anyone here this morning has not listened to your voice, has not heard the message that you have proclaimed to repentance and faith, that they may do so this morning. Convict them of their sinfulness and lead them to repentance and trust that Jesus Christ, the final revelation, is the way of salvation. And Lord, we pray for the Christians here this morning. May they never get sick of the voice of God, but may they love the fact that you have communicated at many times and in various ways. And may they treasure having your word and may they read it each day and grow in godliness as a result and we pray this in jesus name amen